Hello, 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 and welcome to another Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Brazil. I have an absolute NFL legend here with me. I have Levon Kirkland. He's currently, he is in the ring of honor at Clemson University. Not sure if you've heard, they've won a couple national championships recently. Two-time NFL Pro Bowler, MVP of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the 1990s NFL All-Decade Team. And he is currently the Vice President of Development of the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. He is also a podcast host of Inside Bliss and Clemson Football Show. Levon, how you doing today, man? Uh, I'm doing well. How about you? It's a good day to be alive, brother. I appreciate mm-hmm. you asking. Is it is it fun when people kind of just read uh, all the? I didn't even get to all the accomplishments, but that's kind of kind of get juices flowing a little bit, right? Yeah, you know, I believe in receiving gifts. I think you have to be a receiver um, in order to appreciate the gifts that God has given you. So I have come to a place in my life now where I really just appreciate any kind of compliments or somebody giving me. Uh, they're talking about my accolades. I just appreciate it and tell them thank you. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Hell yeah, man. I mean, you very well deserved. You earned every single uh, piece of it. So excited to get to talk about all of it. Talk about a little bit more as well, obviously, as I said. Also a podcast host. It's my favorite thing I get to do. So I hope we can we can share a little bit around that. But the first question, Levon, I have for everybody on this Win Daily Sports interview show is, what is your win daily mindset? How do you make sure that you're winning each and every single day? Well, I never come to a negative solution. So if I'm trying to figure out a problem or just going through my day, I make sure it doesn't end up in a negative, um, a negative way. Try to make it make sure it's positive. I've been doing a lot of meditation of late, also just a lot of reading and just a lot of self love. So those are some of the things I do to really keep everything as positive as possible. That is exactly what you have to do. I meditate every single day. I have for the last about two years now. Uh, I, I 100%, I believe, in receiving as well. It sounds like you're familiar with David Meltzer at all. He's a good friend of mine. He sounds like he might be a good friend of yours if you haven't met him already. So. No, I, I've never met David, but you know, I really do try to stay in tune. And I, I, it was one of the things that I had to recognize that you know you have to love yourself before you can really give a lot of love. And uh, once I started doing that, I mean, things really uh, started really working out positive for me. And so I, you know, I also read a life. <laughs> I have what we call a life book. And so I read from the 10 year, five year, one year vision. And reading that every day kind of keeps me on board. And like I said, I try to do a lot of reading. And, you know, reading is just like exercising that muscle. So I try to exercise that muscle as much as possible. So, Doing all those variety of things really help. Really helps me out. It really does. If you figured out what works, man, keep on doing it. Right? It's not. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. You say you're a big reader too. I actually just wrote a book. So after this is over, I'm gonna ask you for your address, and then I'll maybe ship you one of the books that I just published uh, a couple days ago. So excited to get your take on that. So awesome. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. So let's talk a little bit about your football career. I think, I mean, obviously, Ring of Honor at Clemson, not messing around, two-time NFL pro bowler, very clearly not messing around. Let's start in that college space, though. What was it like? You know, Clemson is not quite what it was back then, right? It's it's a little different now, we can say. I think I can humbly say that. So talk to me a little bit. What was it like? Still a major college program, still Division One, still, you know, one of the more well-known programs in the country what was it like playing you know elite college football back you know when you did back in the uh early 90s late 80s 
Well, to be honest with you, Clemson was a really good team when I played. Uh, we were a team that basically we kind of lost like two games every year. But we were a tough team to play. We we're a very physical team, very defensive-oriented, special team-oriented, and we ran the ball a whole lot. And um, Danny Ford was actually a, a pretty good coach, really good coach, really knew how to motivate. And when I came to Clemson, I wasn't very heav heavily recruited, but, you know, just understood that I was a good athlete and it was it's all about development. You know, I started lifting weights a little bit more once I got to college and I kind of filled out and I ended up playing my red shirt freshman year, ended up starting the last three games. And from there, uh, I asked Coach Chizik, who was Auburn's head coach, when I think they won the national championship, he was a GA. And I, I remember sitting down with him one, one day and saying, hey, man, can you help me become a better football player, understanding my role and understanding the plays? And he did. And that year, you know, I barely made mistakes. And the the career just kept on progressing, you know, just kept getting better and better. So I was probably a shock to most people. <laughs> I was, but I don't think to, for myself I was really – that surprise that I can play on that high of a level. And it sounds like you've had that growth mindset for a very long time now, right? How many people are, are willing to just kind of rest on their laurels, rest on their current talent? You very clearly went out to seek new information and just try to become better at the sport that you love so much. And then obviously it has then given a lot back to you, but has that always been a mindset of yours, even from a very young age, or was that something you eventually had to grow into? Oh, no, I, I think I've always had that mindset of just growing and being a better person. And I, I read the, I think it's Carolyn Dweck, I want to say, and she talks about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And I just like, wow, yeah, you know, you can really get better at everything you do. It's, it's not something that we kind of feel that's, handed to you or you're just smart or you're just athletic, you know, you can really learn anything and do anything. So that's been my mindset, you know, that um, whatever I don't know, I can just learn it and get better at it. So I've been doing that for, I'm telling you, for the last couple of years, and it's really benefited me a whole lot. So I, I just, you know, if something new comes up, I just say, like, okay, I can I can figure it out. I can, I can learn it. And that my and the growth mindset has been my mindset for the last several years. That's the way That's to do it, man. That is the way to do it. Just try to get better each and every day. So before we move on to the Steelers, uh, mm -hmm. they've had a couple losses recently. Let's stick on Clemson for one more second. Okay. Are they winning the national championship again this year? Well, I think it's going to be tough, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, they've got a young team, very talented team, but also a very young team. And, you know, really, they've done some great stuff, but then there's a lot of times you can tell they've been slipping. And this is really the year that they've been hurt. Trevor Lawrence has been down with, with COVID. So it is uh, it's a possibility. You know, you, you, can, you, know, you never know. But I, I'm not sure this year. But, I, I, you know, I feel they get into the playoffs, they got a, they got a chance. To get yeah. to the playoffs, you got a chance. But Alabama is looking extremely strong right now. 
it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm a huge college uh, college football fan, really just football in general. So I'm excited. Right. You know, we're recording this on what, Tuesday the 15th. So we're only a couple days away from championship weekend, which means I'm sitting in front of my TV all day Saturday watching college football. So it's going to be a blast. And uh, I definitely, uh, I'm excited. I want to see another rematch. That first uh, Notre Dame Clemson game was incredible. So if they can give me that again, man, I, I'm 100% in. Clemson, Notre Dame, Bama, and I guess Ohio State, I, I take that as the four teams in the playoffs, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, no question about it, because I really believe those are the four best teams in the country at this point in time. I, I think for Clemson fans, it could be a little scary to lose another game. So I think it's important for them to win this game, more so than Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is in, regardless I think Alabama is in, and I think if Ohio State holds up, they'll be in. I think the only question mark you have is probably Clemson at this point in time. They really need to win this game. Yeah, of of course. If Clemson wins, I think obviously they're in, as you said, unless it's just some catastrophic meltdown by Notre Dame, they're going to be in as well. Alabama, I I don't really see anybody beating them. So it should be fun then, but I'm very excited for it, and I'm sure you are, and and the, the rest of the alumni at Clemson are excited this run of dominance that you guys have had recently has had to have been a lot of fun. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. You appreciate it. You know, uh, you got to be grateful because every team really doesn't go through this, especially the last um, six or seven years. I mean, the Tigers have been outstanding and been a team to reckon with. And always have an opportunity to win the national championship. So uh, I don't know if it's going to change anytime soon, but I think this year was a little bit off as far as injuries are concerned, you have to be fortunate, you know, to make it to the national championship game. And they just haven't been fortunate. Maybe hopefully um, they got better and, you know, they can go into this ACC championship game and win this thing. I'm excited. And, yeah, I think uh, with, uh, how, how do you say, DJ Uyangalale, I think he's yeah, going to be. Yeah, I practiced. It. I practiced, man. Yeah. I knew we were, I knew what I was coming into. I practiced a little bit, but now he he's incredible. Obviously, against that that first Notre Dame game, I don't think uh, there was too much of a drop off. But anyway, uh, it's fun. I could talk college football all day, but I want to get back to you, Levon. I, I, your career is absolutely incredible. So as I said, you were a two time NFL Pro Bowler. You are a two time NFL Pro Bowler. There's no past yeah. tense there. You are a two time. I apologize, MVP no of the problem. Steelers. Um, you were on the all decades team for the 1990s. I also saw here that you played in every single game in your NFL career. You played 16 games in 10 straight seasons. Mm -hmm. Going back to that, that mindset, I mean, playing middle linebacker, you know, having, you know, 150 tackles almost in a season. What is it like to get up each and every Sunday, 16 out of 17 Sundays, and then the playoffs, obviously, and get up and know, Hey man, you're going to take a beating. You're going to, and you know, the bumps and the bruises and the nicks and the cuts and just getting through every single season. What does that take? Not just from a physical standpoint, but again, from that mental standpoint. Well, my mentality was always to be aggressive. I felt like, you know, football, you have to be fortunate to play as long as I played and not to miss a game. You know, I, I never missed a college game or a high school game. So I, when I got to the NFL, it's kind of a funny story. We played in the preseason against Minnesota and I believe that uh, McDaniel's the all the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Famer. He know, he knocked me back so hard, and after I skipped on the ground a couple of times, I was like, "Oh, I see. I have to always be the aggressor." So from that standpoint on, I was just always the aggressor, just always uh, hit them first before they hit me, and I think that really 
helped me a whole lot as far as the NFL was concerned. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you have the accolades to prove, you, you know, you weren't too bad. We actually have Daniel Suppers over here in the comments. He's your favorite Steelers linebacker of all time. So some of the Windaley family, they already appreciate you. I already love you. So we, we always love to see that. And, and I mean, we could talk about your 10 year career. You did it all, man. You made it to a Super Bowl. You sacked Troy Aikman in the Super Bowl, as long as right. the internet's not lying to me. I mean, Talk, talk to me about the Super Bowl a little bit. I mean, on the Steelers, one of the, you know, one of the what top three, top four franchises in the NFL, getting yeah. the opportunity to play in a Super Bowl against the Cowboys, who they call them America's team, but I think that's because everyone in America hates them, right? So what is that? What's that like? I mean, just that that season, what, what was that magical run, that feeling like when the, the lights are as bright as they possibly can be? Well, you know, honestly, we started off three and four that year. So our season was a little shaky. Uh, we have a bye week almost in the middle of the season. I think it was after the seventh game. And we come back, and Coach Kyer, Kyer, um, we usually have this board that has all the teams we played, you know, whether we won or lost. And he basically took everything down. And he told us right then that we were going to start the season over, that we're 0 and 0, and we're going to start this season over with, and it starts with Jacksonville. So we end up beating Jacksonville. So we really take on the mantra of we're one and oh, we're not four and four, we're actually one and up. And then we play Chicago, we beat them in overtime two and up. Then we went three and up, four and up, five and up, six and up, seven and up, eight and up. So we flipped that whole season around. But I think a lot of people don't realize that we actually started off pretty poorly at three and four. And we end up going to the going to the Super Bowl. We've been close, you know. The year before, we lost to San Diego in the AFC Championship, and we we're at the three yard line. We end up losing those guys, so it was kind of a progression for us. But when I got there, a personal story was I talked to Matt Millen, or Matt Millen told one of his old teammates, Al Boyd Mays, about me, and he thought that I was the dark horse of the defense. He thought I was a really good player, but he basically told me that I was not trusting my eyes. And I was like, and it, it was my aha moment. It was like, trust what you see because you see in the right things, trust it. And in that game, I was just like, I'm going to trust everything I see and I'm just going to be aggressive. And I was, I was totally aggressive that game. And just, you know, I think that was a game that really kind of put me out there as far as a player, I think other people knew, I mean, coaches and other players knew who I was, but we had guys like Rob Woodson, Kevin Green, Greg Lloyd, Chad Brown, and those guys were getting a little bit more uh, pub than I was getting. But after that Super Bowl game, it really just lit a fire under me, and the next year I came back ready, better and readier than ever and um, ended up going to my first Pro Bowl. So really the Super Bowl was wonderful. Uh, too bad we – lost a game, but that was really a great game for me personally. That is fantastic. Turning a negative uh, of losing, obviously, into a positive, as you said, no negative solutions. So I like how you did that. Talk to me a little bit about your seeing, though, uh, again, you know, exactly. I, can, I don't I don't want to butcher the quote, but like what what were you doing differently? What like how do you not trust your eyes? Right. I've never played middle linebacker in the NFL, so I, I'm not here to understand that exactly. So what do, what do you mean by not being not trusting your eyes and being able to kind of see what you want to see? Well, sometimes um, 
you know, I think trusting your eyes is basically equivalent to having confidence. And a lot of times I was making plays, but I wasn't really trusting it. Mm-hmm. So when you don't really trust, a lot of times you're a little hesitant or you're a little fast. So you're just like you're making mistakes when you really you shouldn't be because your eyes work perfectly. You're seeing it, but you're not trusting it. So when he told me that, I got it. I really, I, I mean, I immediately got it. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever play I'm going to see, it's the right play. And I'm just going to make the play. Instead of kind of like, uh, should I do this? Or you hesitate. And playing that position, you can't really hesitate. You got you to gotta be right on point as far as your steps are concerned, as far as your reads are concerned. You have to be a technician. And that day, I just believed in what I was seeing. And I play aggressively, and it worked. I love it. I love it. Took that, turned it into a pro ball, as you said, the following year. You got another one as well. What is it like? Yeah. So so talk to me a little bit. I uh, was pretty young back when you got voted into the pro Bowl. Was it still fan popular vote? Is that how it was working back then, or was it a little bit of a different system? It was kind of a combination. It was um, players around the league um, in your division or in your conference. So we were in the AFC. So basically everybody on the offensive side of it voted for the defensive players. Likewise, as defensive players vote for the offensive players. So to get the to get the approval of your peers, enough of them, I mean, that was amazing because at that time we had Junior Seah, Brian Cox, and Ray Lewis as inside backers, and they only took like maybe two inside backers. So for me to be able to go um, – those two years and the second year be the starter and be um, all pro was just amazing for me because I was the kind of linebacker that most people thought was more of a run stopper. But um, that year I went to the pro bowl, I was able to play on third down a whole lot more. And I made like four interceptions that year. And that was the most that anybody from that dime position. And really if you can't count some of the playoffs, I had a little bit more than that. So, yeah, I had, like I think, like maybe five interceptions that year, which is pretty good for an inside linebacker. So what I did was I was able to show people the versatility, even though I was a, a pretty big guy for my position. Yeah, and, and congratulations, as you said. You named some other incredible middle linebackers as well. Junior Seau, hope, you know, rest in peace to him, of course. Obviously, Ray Lewis. Uh, right. you're, you're not messing around with some of the guys that you were playing with uh, and going up against. And what is it like having your peers specifically and, and, and the peers that you would be going up against on the offensive side of the ball? What is that? How, how much respect do you feel when they vote you as one of the best players at your position in the National Football League? Oh, it's great. You know, because when you go into the NFL, your goal is to be one of the best players ever play. And for other people to see it, not just yourself, it's gratifying. It really is. Um, It shows that you're doing something right. You have to continue to do that. But, yeah, it, it was amazing that people thought that much of me to put me in that slot. Congratulations, man. Very well-deserved, obviously, uh, for what you were able to do. Um, So we talked about the football a little bit. Then, uh, I mean, all decades team. Like that, again, that just has to be such an incredible honor. You know, you are one of the best players through a 10-year span. As we talked about before, you did not miss a game in your 10-year career. Some of that was in the 90s. A couple of those years were in the 2000s. 
again, what is that like? Just just kind of being being voted and 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 given that vote of confidence of saying, hey, you were one of the best players in this entire decade. That just again, I mean, I know I'm asking kind of the same question and over and over again, but it still has to feel incredible and allow you to really. Uh, you, you said you like to receive, man. T- tell me more about how awesome it was. It was it was amazing, <laughs> and because. What happens? Like I had this mentality that I was from a small town, and I didn't realize that it didn't really matter where you're from; it's where you're at. And um, I, I just got confident, you know. And as I kept playing and understanding that I was one of the best players, so it was a really, honestly, it was a surprising thing. But I was happy that I was voted. I mean, I really was. And anybody tells you any differently, I don't think they're telling you the truth. So yeah, it was it was great, you know, because I was still playing, <laughs> and to be uh, voted, you know, uh, one of the decade players, it was amazing. I, I had a great time with it, and you know, my teammates they did too. They uh, they really acknowledged me as one of the best players. So it was great. It really was. I love it, man. Kudos and congratulations there. Very, very well deserved. Uh, actually, a, a member of the Windaley Sports family just shot me a text message and said his uncle, Pat Hodgson, was a coach on the Steelers staff. Does that ring a bell when you were there? Well, Pat Hodgson was a white guy. So he was a tight end coach. Um, okay. So you're saying his uncle. Yeah. Yeah. My, my friend's uncle, correct. Okay. Is Pat. Yeah. I, I was like, huh? <laughs> no, yeah, he was a tight end coach for the first, probably my first five or six years. Yeah, I remember Pat. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a family member of ours, so we always oh, like cool. to bring those up. So do appreciate that there. And so, again, man, you just had such an incredible career. Do you want to give you some kudos and congratulations? You don't need it from me, but again, want to give it to you. I think it is pretty darn cool. And the the one question that to, to end the the aspect of your career is one thing that we have seen, one thing that I've seen in speaking with many incredible athletes like yourself is – when your career comes to an end, more times than not, it's not on your terms. It's on somebody else's terms. And it's a very unfortunate aspect of being a professional athlete. So you tell me, how was it something? Were you comfortable? Were you okay with walking away from the game? Or, or was it just an unfortunate ending where you couldn't find that spot on another team on a roster and just kind of had to accept the fate that was given to you? You know, actually, I, I walked away myself. And I had teams that wanted me to play maybe one more year or so. But I I realized that I wasn't the player that I was before. And I didn't quite like the game as much as I did. When it comes down to the little things and you start thinking about retirement, then you're already retiring. <laughs> so I just kind of – I got to the point where 11 years was enough for me. Uh, I didn't want to exert that energy. I just got married, about to have a baby in October. And I thought it was just time for me to walk away. I actually got a call from Jacksonville and they were just like, hey, do you want to come back? And I'm like, no, really not. I mean, sometimes you just know as a player. And I think you have to trust that, that you know when it's over with. Some guys are trying to continue to play as long as they possibly can. And I get that. But 11 years was long enough. Hey, kudos to you for that. 11 years is a very, very long time, over a decade there in the league. That is pretty impressive. And yeah, as you said, sometimes you just know. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that you figured that out because we can see it as fans, right? We kind of know who's out there and you're just like, Ugh. like, all right, man, like I respect it again. You want to keep playing football. It's the thing you've done for your whole life. Who the hell am I to say to stop playing? But you can very much tell uh, when unfortunately somebody is over the hill a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a shelf life. You know, I think that a lot of times we go in and we feel like we can play forever. But I think it's, you know, I think you have to realize, just like with everything, you know, it comes to an end, you have to realize that and move on. And I was fortunate enough that I didn't get hurt or anything like that, or they forced me out. I came to the conclusion that this was it for me, and uh, I just kind of retired. Hey, man. And you did some stuff after you retired, though. So you retired from the NFL, but obviously you're doing some stuff now. I also saw after you retired, you did end up going back to Clemson, got another mm-hmm. degree, and then also worked in the uh, the administration staff, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the admissions department. Admissions. And, uh, well, because I wanted to do something different. Um, you know, a lot of guys go into the football realm of things. I didn't want to quite do that yet. I wanted to see what was what else could I possibly do. And I basically went up to the president and said, hey, I would like to give back to Clemson in some kind of capacity. And they actually like, okay. And they allowed me an opportunity to be in something that I've never been in before. And it was really cool. I, I, I stayed there for about five or six years. And then I ended up becoming a head coach at a high school, a Christian high school. And then around that time, my wife got sick with cancer and uh, was diagnosed with lung cancer. Um, it, was, it was like five years. And I got a, I got a job at FAMU, which is a uh, HBCU, a uh, historically black college. And we went there and uh, she passed away while we were in Florida. So, yeah, I got an opportunity to do that. And then I actually coached on all three levels, high school, college, and the NFL. And now, um, you know, once I got through with the Cardinals, I basically told myself that I wanted to coach, but I wanted to coach in my own way. And that's when the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame kind of came up. And really, it brings out the creativity in me because we do a lot of marketing and we do these podcasts and you're trying to come up with material and how, you know, how your message is actually being taken you know, cleaning up your messages. And we've been doing that for the last two years. And it's really, we have really improved in what we're doing. So, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, after all the seven struggles, after playing ball, you know, I'm at a good place right now. That's what we like to hear, man. That's, that's all you can do. As you said, there's no negative solutions. There's only positives. You keep coming out uh, on top and that's the most important part. So, so talk to me a little bit more. I mean, obviously as you, you know, know, apologies about your wife is very unfortunate. Um, But you know, as you said, you gotta, you you kept moving on, obviously working uh, in the NFL as a Cardinals linebacking coach, which is pretty damn impressive as well. And now where you are with the South Carolina hall of fame, football hall of fame, I apologize. You're also a big member of, the and I want to make sure I say this right the Bridge Builders Excellence Program um, right. that you do that through the South Carolina Hall of Fame. So talk to me a little bit about what exactly that is and how you're helping empower student athletes within South Carolina. Well, we try to make sure we get people the vision, you know, envision uh, being committed to educating, empowering, and encouraging our students. Uh, South Carolina has a issue that we're forty third in college and career readiness. So basically what that means is that our students are basically going out there not ready for college and not ready for the workforce. And that puts them behind, not only them, but it also puts behind our community and our state. So we sympathize with this problem and we thought like, hey, what if we bring you know, different programs in? And what if we campaign to be in the top 10 in 2030? 
but we we galvanized all these different programs that are out there. And just when I was in the missions, people just didn't know the information. So we fit, we we think it's the same way with South Carolina that maybe some of our students just don't know the information. There's a lot of technical schools out there, community colleges out there, that really afford some great great programs, but nobody knows about. So we thought that, hey, let's create this Inside Bliss with Lamar Kirkland, which is a leadership and football show. So we would, you know, we would interview people who have done some incredible things as far as uh, football is concerned, and we get their point of view. Then we do something like a, we do like what we call Mikey football. And Mikey talks about the football in the area of South Carolina. Then we do a quick hit. And the quick hit is basically um, a nugget of information for people who really need to to know something like maybe you're buying your house for the first time or maybe you buy your first car. And a lot of times people go in that situation, they don't know exactly what to do. I know I didn't when I, when I got my first car and house, I didn't really know exactly what to do. So we try to make sure we give out really great life skill lessons doing that. And so we try to make sure we galvanize everybody together. And no, you could be a part of the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame by being a donor, being a advertiser, being a volunteer, being a member. So uh, that's what we try to come across and that we're committed to this movement, which is educating, empowering, and also encouraging our students. So we feel like the, the climactic scene is that South Carolina is going to be better, you know, that all of our students will have an opportunity to be successful because it's not about, honestly, for me, it's not about going to the NFL. Now, if you can, that's a great thing, but there's a lot of life besides football. And um, football really does give people, you know, some life skills. So we're trying to combine all that. And we're trying to be top 10 in 2030. So it's a lofty goal, but we feel good about it. And so you've been doing this for a couple of years now. What have some of the successes that you've personally seen? Again, having this be a little bit more grassroots, right? Uh, reaching yeah. out and, and getting in contact with the, the the students and really giving them that information. What is some of this? What, what are some of the successes that you've been able to see so far over the last couple of years? Well, we've seen uh, we've had we had ten finalists for our Bridge Builder Excellent Program, and what we had was this award program. And um, one of our guys, uh, Yeoman, he was he actually won that program. But what we were able to highlight was some amazing student athletes and what they do and how they give back off the field, on the field, especially in the classroom. And to see those guys now in college and having those skills, I mean, it's amazing. And we feel like this will be a network that will continue to keep in touch with different students and help them along the way. Because I, I feel like you can, you can always give a, a revival speech, but most of the times doing a revival or a leadership speech, you leave, you know, you give this speech, everybody's hyped up, and then the leader in the program is gone. We hope to continue to have a program throughout their lifetime. So that's what we're, that's what we're looking at. And, so far, we're not bad. We've got a lot of work to do, but we're doing better. 
And as you said, your your goal is your, your aim is to be top 10 by 2030. So it is a very lofty goal. And we're about eight years away from that, I think, and nine years. I don't know. This last year has felt like about six. So maybe it's only five years away. Who the heck knows at this point? But what 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 will that take? Right. Like you, you can kind of see that roadmap. You kind of understand what needs to be done. And I'm sure you're learning more on a daily basis. What is it going to take from you and the South Carolina uh, Football Hall of Fame and really the community members of South Carolina to be allow you to get there? Because, hey, if you make top 10, that's incredible. But if you fall to 12, 20, uh, 43 to 12 is still a pretty incredible jump as well. So how are we going to get you to that top 10 spot? Well, I think, honestly, it's awareness and making sure that everybody is aware of the problem that we have and also how we're going to get there. We realize that, you know, it's something that we can't do by ourselves, but there are programs out there that are doing the work and we're trying to highlight those programs. So if you live in a certain area, we're going to try to make sure that you know what's in your area and you know what could help you out and you know what programs are out there. Um, so, we feel that it's about awareness and it's about um, building a network or support system that's going to really help our students along the way. I love it. Well, let's build a little bit of awareness. Where can people find some more information on the Bridge Builders Excellence Program? Yeah, you just go to uh, you just go to Cyclone Football Spelled Out H O F dot org slash join. And you can also do the www. You know, uh, dot South Carolina football spell out H O F uh, dot org. So that's basically the way to find us. Um, you can also, you know, get in touch with me personally at Kirkland at South Carolina football spelled out H O F dot org. I love it. I'll make sure to have all that information in the show notes, LeVon. This has absolutely been fantastic. I'll also make sure that your podcasts are down in the show notes as well. We didn't touch upon them too much. You spoke about the inside blitz a little bit, but you also have a show where you talk Clemson football. So, uh, hey, man, we have some Clemson football coming up this weekend, so I'm going to make sure that that's in there as well. But uh, anywhere else, do you have uh, social medias you want to share where everyone can find John? Uh, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. It's LeVon underscore Kirkman. Um, on Twitter, so you can find me that way. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. So it's not hard to find me. Not too hard. I'll make sure I have all those links in there. But, LeVon, this has been absolutely incredible. Two-time Pro Bowler, MVP of the Steelers, 1990s All-Decade Team, LeVon Kirkland. Thanks so much for your time today, man. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it.